You're listening to Pet Fluff with Katie Mara, a lifestyle podcast that features various topics, current events, tips and advice, and the occasional guest that not only benefits you, but also your pet. So come and join me and take a listen as I am your host, Katie Mara. Hey guys, I'm Katie Mara. Thank you for listening to Pet Fluff, episode 12. Who am I, you ask? Well, I'm a pet sitter by day and podcaster by night. My husband, Herbert, and I own a pet care company in Northern Virginia and have been professional sitters for over 10 years. I've seen it all with pets, young to old, disabled, sick, and even behavioral issues, including anxiety and aggression. I wanted to create a platform for all pet lovers and owners to accrue information about all things pets. So today... I will cover almost a second part of episode 11 about amazing animals. But these stories are actually crime related. That's right. Every animal in some way has helped solve various crimes. I will also answer some questions asked by you about me. This will be kind of interesting. (laughs) Also, I am covering a special pup that needs a forever home. So let's get started and get into our first segment, HTS, AKA Here's the Scooper. Here's the Scooper, where a captivating current event can spark a conversation or a feel-good story that makes your heart smile. And best of all, it's all about the animals. This article I randomly discovered in Parade Magazine. I know, right? Like, who reads that anymore? But unless you have a Washington Post Saturday subscription, then you probably wouldn't see this article. I came across it randomly. A hound mix with a severe leg injury ended in a pet adoption agency in Tennessee that didn't have the resources to fund the reconstructive surgery he required. The pup banjo was in danger of euthanization, but a rescue called Bonaparte's Retreat, created by Emma Lou Harris, paid for the pup's surgery and treatment and paid for its foster care. Paula Erickson stepped up and nursed the pup banjo back to health until a family was able to adopt him. Without the fostering program, Banjo wouldn't have able to have his second chance. 6.5 million companion animals enter shelters every year. Animals with physical and behavioral issues, as well as old age, are the first to be ignored and also put down when space is limited. When the coronavirus hit, many shelters were forced to close down and scramble to make other arrangements for those animals. This is the reason why foster parents are so important than ever before. Foster pets drastically improve their chances for survival. And with these second chance rescues, it gives pets a second chance at life. Even celebrities have gotten involved. Belly Me Young started Scarves for Shelter Dogs. The former Scandal star founded homes for several of her foster dogs. She made special scarves that said, Adopt Me, and would tie one over the back of a dog. So she's had a 100% success rate. Also, Howard Stern and his wife Beth have Cats Are Us. They are devoted to fostering animals and have even set aside a designated area 
for their visiting pets. They have fostered over 1,200 cats and kittens in their home. I mean, it's really great that these celebrities are stepping up and using their spare time to support all of these animals. I mean, it's it's awesome. This is what they should be doing, philanthropy and supporting our pets. So now we're going to go on to our next topic, ATF, a.k.a. all the fluff. I'm playing around if I want to do some acronyms with these intros to the next segment. So let me know what you think. Email me at petfluffpodcast at gmail.com. All the fluff, where discussions happen and information is absorbed to help aid you and your pet. Animals, they're a part of our daily lives. We all know this. We have adapted to have them as our pets or support them in our ecosystem for thousands of years. And living with and amongst pets, they can be a witness to our daily lives and our actions, which sometimes includes crimes. These animals can attest to solving crimes committed by other people. Now, the first story that I came across is one that I found truly fascinating. It kind of sparked this whole topic of conversation about crime with pets, crime-solving pets, and even maybe pets that commit crimes. So I'm going to share a few stories with you that I've come across that I found rather interesting. So I hope you enjoy. Now, getting back to the story, a cockatoo named Larry Bird, he goes by Bird, was very devoted to his owner, Kevin Butler. Now, in 2001, Butler's home was actually broken into. Butler was unfortunately killed in the process of an armed robbery. Bird was so devoted to his owner that he tried to fight off the offenders and subsequently was also mortally wounded himself. One suspect, Daniel Torres, denied any involvement until his DNA evidence was found on Bird's beak. Torres received life in prison, and if it wasn't for Bird, no suspects would be actually apprehended at all. So it was kind of amazing. I guess he must have pecked him. I don't even know. I, I couldn't even imagine a cockatoo. Like, I guess he had to peck him because it, it, I, I, it's just crazy. But... I thought that was amazing, (laughs) but I'm glad that their family was able to get justice. Now, I did find another similar story, which was Chief the Pitbull. In 1998, a couple and their dog, Chief, were killed inside their Seattle home. Two suspects had learned that at the time of their trial, through forensic analysis, blood and DNA was found on their clothing that was recovered. Now, the actual DNA and blood that was discovered on their clothing was Chiefs, the pit bull. Now, they didn't say what their sentence was, but they were definitely found guilty, and I'm sure they received some sort of proper punishment, thank God. So it's just amazing that animal DNA and blood can be used to solve crimes in the court of law. Truly amazing. But to build upon that, pet shop owner Lori Acker disappeared in 1989. After three weeks of searching, her body was recovered by a dirt road in Pennsylvania. 
Police focused on the ex-husband, Robert. He drove a car that resembled a Chevy celebrity in the area of Lori's disappearance. He was also described as meticulously cleaning his car, the interior especially, by his parents. But what was more damning is that forensics discovered several cat hairs that was later to be proved to be an identical match to Lori's two pet cats. There was also fur that was stuck to a splint Robert was wearing on his hand the day Lori disappeared. Robert was given the death penalty. Damn, that's... (laughs) Wow. So... Kudos to those cats. I hope they are in a good home. Well, they may not even be alive anymore. That This is kind of morbid. But anyway, um, <laughs> another parrot, Hira, witnessed her owner's murder. There were no solid leads to the case until the owner's brother-in-law noticed that Hira would become highly agitated whenever his nephew would come to visit or his name was even mentioned in a conversation. Not to mention, Hira also would say, I don't speak Hindi because this is in based in India, but I will do my best. He would say, Usne Mara, which translates to he's the killer. And Hira would say this every time either the nephew would come into the room or was mentioned in any conversation. Now, the brother-in-law informed the police about this, and then the police questioned the nephew. He admitted that he did the robbery turned murder with an accomplice, and they entered the house with the intention of only taking some cash and some other valuables. But then the nephew got freaked out that his aunt would recognize him, so he killed her. He was given the proper punishment, and so he admitted his faults. And so Hira, I guess, is with the brother-in-law now, so I hope Hira is doing okay. Another story which features a Bengal cat named Leo, fought off a burglar who broke into his home in the middle of the night. Leo was sleeping downstairs when the burglar came through a downstairs window. Leo started to meow loudly and crazily, which woke the owners, and unfortunately the burglar escaped right before they could catch a glimpse of him. But, you know, Leo was recognized for his bravery and was a finalist in the hero category of the Cats Protection UK 2012 National Cat Awards. Didn't even know that was a thing. The UK is kind of crazy that way, but good for Leo. I know that Bengal cats are really smart, so I am actually not surprised by this story. And while these animals have assisted in crucial crime-solving cases, many have actually interfered with cases and caused delays and disturbances in solving many crimes. Insects and wild animals can get to cadavers and crime scenes and actually disturb crucial evidence. But when animals tamper with crucial evidence, it can make police work so much more difficult. Now, this is actually kind of a funny story, but there is a crow in Canada named Canuck that had given the police quite a runaround. He's known for stealing a knife at a crime scene and flew off with it. The police were chasing after him crazily. Now, they were lucky to find it 20 to 30 feet away from the crime scene. I guess he's known for doing this because he's also stolen keys and dismantled police patrol car equipment. 
<laughs> He's now identified as an orange ankle bracelet and has over 13,000 followers on Facebook. If anyone was checking out our IG page, I actually used his photo for our promotion for the podcast. So check him out. There's also some video of him. He's quite a crafty character. He always keeps things interesting for the Vancouver police. While that is so entertaining, you wouldn't expect animals committing crimes. Now, there is a seagull in Scotland nicknamed Stephen Seagull. (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny. I like corny jokes sometimes. Stephen Seagull frequents a local bakery and casually walks out of the store and flies off with a bag of chips. And actually, the chips are salt and vinegar, if you're asking. And they actually caught this on video. So I'm going to have a link if you're interested in watching him steal a bag of chips. And in 2011, Colorado resident Ron Cornelius heard something smash into his mailbox. When he went outside, he saw a car in his yard driven by a black bear. The bear broke into his neighbor's SUV while on the hunt for food shifted gears in the process, and rolled down a hill into Ron's yard. No one or the bear was hurt, but the SUV saw better days. With a shattered rear window, a steering wheel really hanging by thread, and poo in the front seat, it was deemed undrivable. With all of these amazing and unbelievable stories, it's no wonder how we can sit in awe and truly appreciate the role animals can play in our daily lives. Nothing is impossible. Now we're going to head into our next segment, Q&A time. It's Q&A time. Solve all your animal problems here. No matter how pressing or silly your question is, don't worry, I got you covered. Now it's time to get into the nitty gritty. I thought this was an interesting topic for this episode because I have gotten many questions by you guys of who I am and how I got into all the pet sitting. So I was like, why the hell won't I answer these questions? So I'm answering three. And the first question is, how did you get started into pet care? Well, how I started was I actually was not in pet care when I originally started. I went to school for hospitality management. I was in a bunch of corporate catering positions and I was let go from my last job, though on paper it said I quit. So that was good. At the time, I was pet sitting part time. I was looking for a part time gig with my second job because my income wasn't succeeding and I needed a part time job to make some extra cash. So during this time when I was unemployed, I was working for two companies at the time. So I told them to put me on full time until I can find another job. Now, this is after the housing crisis and the economy was still not up to par. And I was unable to find a job that I really wanted to work in. And by this time, the pet sitting was really taking off and I was building a reputable clientele. So I stuck with it. And then I was like, I really don't need pet sitting companies anymore because I could pretty much do this by myself. I've been doing it for several years now. And so I decided to branch off on my own 
and start my own company at the time with my husband. And we started CRC Pet Service and haven't looked back since. And with all the experience that I've had, which is explained in the intro, I have now a wealth of knowledge that I wanted to share with everyone because a lot of pet owners just don't know anything. A lot of pet owners do. Let me <laughs> let me backtrack a little bit. But, you know, there's they don't know everything because they may just know stuff about their pet. So this is more of a generalized approach. I was also asked, do you have any pets? And the answer is yes and no. Growing up, I had a cat who lived for almost 17. No, I think he was about 18 when he passed. The last, I think, six years of his life, he actually had diabetes. So that was my first intake of administering insulin shots. I was a teenager at that time, so it was pretty easy after a while, and it was, you know, pretty simple. And then I had a cat of my own who currently lives with my parents. Our business has, you know, grown, and it wasn't fair for her to have us be gone all the time doing overnight care and bringing her over to my parents' house when we had boarding. So we just made the best decision for her to have her stay at my parents' house, and they're retired, so it's been good. And I used to have a lizard who I talked about, I think, in episode seven or eight. I don't remember which episode. And that was Peyote, and I had her for 15 years, and she was super awesome. And I'm contemplating whether to get another lizard. So right now, I don't have technically a pet, but when I have more free time, I will consider definitely getting a dog and maybe another cat. The last question that I have is, what is the craziest pet story that you've ever had? And I've had quite a few pet stories, little crazy ones, but one in particular that always stands out is that I was taking care of two dogs and two cats in a townhouse and the cats had outside access through a window actually and I was doing overnights at their house this was I think after a thunderstorm but the morning that I woke up I didn't have any of the dogs or the cats in my bedroom which was kind of weird because they always stayed with me it was just way too quiet and anyone who's a parent of a child or a fur baby knows when your child is in your house and they're not doing anything or saying anything, you know something bad is going on. So I walk down the stairs and I see all the animals kind of huddled in the middle of the room. And I was like, what is this? This is weird. And so I go over and then I see something. I don't even have my glasses on, so I don't have the best sight. And I see something in the middle and I was like, oh no, it must be a freaking mouse but I was like it's huge as shit so like what is that and when I take a look closer it was a squirrel now the squirrel was dead because it was actually a half of a squirrel so it was the top half of his body I don't even know where the bottom half was I never located the bottom half so I assumed that it was consumed by one of the dogs and I know that the cats brought in the squirrel, probably played around with it, or maybe it was dead to begin with. And the dogs were like, yum, and they ate the bottom half of the squirrel. I 
was freaked out because it was just half a body and it was like a murder scene. So I had to take a plastic bag, like a newspaper bag, close my eyes, pretend it was poop and pick it up and throw it outside. Let me tell you, it was not fun. But with pet sitting, you got to do what you got to do. So if you guys have any questions for me and want to know more about me or, you know, let's get back to the topic of pets, you can always email me at petfluffpodcast at gmail.com. Now we're going to get into my favorite segment. It's the feature pet of the episode. Well, it's time for my favorite segment, which is the feature pet of the episode. This is where I showcase a local DMV pet that is in need of a forever home. So, let me help you find your forever pet. Today's feature pet of the episode is sponsored by Homeward Trails. Homeward Trails is an animal rescue that is a Virginia nonprofit organization dedicated to the rescue and rehoming of adoptable dogs and cats. Founded in 2001, Homeward Trails has rescued more than 24,000 dogs and cats. It is the 10th largest shelter in Virginia and pulls from rural shelters throughout the state as well as surrounding states. They also run a program in Puerto Rico bringing adoptable puppies and dogs to the mainland for adoption. To date, more than 600 Puerto Rican dogs have found homes in the DMV. They are still operating on an appointment-only basis with designated arrival times. If you are interested in adopting any dogs or cats with Homeward Trails, please sign up for a time slot using the Sign Up Genius link. And then once you've signed up, you will receive a link to a survey to help match you with dogs who might be a good fit for you and your family. You will be asked to select three dogs from the list of potential matches that you will like to meet. They have a bunch of safety protocols listed on their website, and that is homewardtrails.org. So today's feature is Sassy, and she is one of their celebrity mamas. She came into Homeward Trails with 12 puppies who have all since been adopted, and she is actually the last mama that needs a home. She is an affectionate eight-year-old boxer mix that was surrendered to a shelter in Southern Virginia for being older and pregnant. This did not stop her from delivering and being a fantastic mother to 12 healthy puppies in June. She became famous when her maternity shoot went viral. Her natural nub of tail wiggles with pleasure to see people of any kind, and she cuddles trustingly with strangers. Sassy appears to be very comfortable with children. Sassy would thrive as either the only pet in a home, or with another low-energy canine companion. She is perfectly house-trained, learning about walking on a leash, no longer afraid of the stairs, and is responsive to the tone of voice, even if she doesn't yet understand many commands. When in doubt, she sits, and since she loves you, that is her goal to please. Sassy also loves ear and chest rubs, soft squeaky toys, treasures that she can bury in the yard, and gazing into your eyes. So she asks for so little except for a forever home with forever people who will return her love. Now she is such a cute little pup and she has a cute little hat. (laughs) So if you are interested in Sassy, check out our Linktree bio 
on our Instagram page, and that's at CRC Pet Service for more information. guys you know what time it is i got to get out of here thank you for celebrating your day with me i appreciate you guys i appreciate all of my listeners i'm actually going to be taking a couple weeks off to play with some new equipment i finally got some equipment i haven't had a chance to play with it yet i want to have some guests i want to vamp up this podcast besides me which i hope you guys love but We want some more. So I need some time to develop my podcast. So I'm going to actually skip two weeks from now and I'll be back in a month and I will have updates. So follow me at CRC Pet Service on Instagram for all updates. Don't worry, I'll be back. Are you needing pet sitting services and pet care dog walking in the Arlington Falls Church or Tyson's McLean area? Hit up crcpetservice.com for all of your pet sitting needs. You can also email us at crcpetservice at gmail.com. Whatever you need, we got you. I really enjoy all of your comments and suggestions that you've been emailing me. So if you have any suggestions, comments, anything that you would like to express to me, please email me. I'd love to hear from you guys. Podcast at gmail.com. Don't be shy. Hit me up in case you have forgotten today. You are loved, you are worthy, and you are magical. There's no second